Hello everyone, welcome to Cinemasthetic. Today I'm going to talk about an underrated film. It's a slight bit generic, but it's definitely hilarious and worth a watch. It's called Gringo. So Gringo is a film that I was highly anticipating after seeing the previews. And from the get-go I expected a sort of 90s pastiche Tarantino-esque film, and it's pretty much what I got. Uh, that said, I came away from Gringo quite satisfied. It is a savvy satire of the inherent injustices and the moral depravity of white-collar culture uh, who run the commercial and business sector of modern society. Uh, a deeply nihilistic take on power politics and how they run corporate life, uh, the film ingeniously embroils a do-gooder and morally upright character in a world of prof pro profligate egoists. Uh, and teaches this nice guy some essential lessons about the hard realities of life. Uh, so the main character of the film is Harold, who is played brilliantly and with comic genius by David Ayolowo. Um, this protagonist is a congenial uh, character with a sense of moral integrity, who is given an assignment to go to Mexico by his boss in which he is to be sort of the guinea pig slash unexpecting mule for their dirty business. Um, throughout the development of Harold, we see the character as a morally righteous figure. Um, from the small details, he gives his food leftovers to the Mexican bodyguards. He is loyal to his wife and loving to his wife, and he is honorably devoted to his job. Unfortunately, no one in his world treats him with any sort of reciprocity or respect. Throughout Gringo, uh, Harold is repeatedly condescended to multiple times uh, with animal metaphors, uh, specifically the metaphor of the gorilla. His boss, who is played by Joel Egerton, uh, the brother of the writer and director, uh, Noel Egerton, gives Harold a lecture on um, the dangers of becoming uh, not so submissive, um, the dangers of having initiative, um, with an allegory of two gorillas who are given carrots for years. Uh, the allegory continues and explains that one gorilla finally gets a banana. And this incites unwarranted envy, uh, well it's warranted, I almost said unwarranted, but warranted envy amongst the other who is still getting a carrot. And now uh, the boss, uh, played by Joel Egerton, uh, says, quote, He doesn't want to eat the carrots, talking about the gorilla, because he sees the other gorilla eating the banana. You know what I'm saying, Harold? Eat your fucking carrots. So we can see how this quote is used to keep Harold in his place. It is extremely subordinating and an insult to his mature and sophisticated self. Uh, yet Harold as a quasi-milquetoast, very passive uh, fellow, uh, absorbs and takes such advice um, in a way that you can see him uh, aggravated and annoyed internally, yet he refrains from um, retaliating with any sort of combative comments. And so let's move to the second metaphor of the gorilla. So later in the film, um, or maybe even a slight bit before, but um, at another point in the film, Harold is on the 
telephone with his wife, and his wife has cheated on him. But he is blamed for her own infidelity. And she blames him by reciting a psychological study about a man who dresses in a gorilla suit and walks in the middle of a tennis game. And she references how this study proved that somehow the gorilla in many occasions was completely unseen by the tennis players because they were so focused on the ball. In other words, she's blaming Harold for not noticing her affair earlier as the reason for their marital troubles. And Harold, rightly so, cannot help but to retort, quote, aren't I supposed to be focusing on the ball and not the gorilla? End quote. This quote perfectly encapsulates the um, shock and aghast nature of Harold throughout the story. He is blamed and victimized again and again for other people's evils and wrongdoings. Um, so later, um, when his boss sends his, hum uh, this is his boss's brother, um, who's a humanitarian and a mercenary, to help Harold out in his uh, situation in Mexico and to find Harold, um, he is informed of the primal and nefarious nature of the corporate world with an anecdote of a pet gorilla who one day finally mauls its owner. So here we finally get that uh, parable that's going to show uh, some foreshadowing of Harold's um, eruption or his volcanic turn into taking agency and um, revenge so that he achieves some level of autonomy. Uh, suffice to say, this film plays out as a very dark fable. It's a twisted moral story about the primal rapaciousness of uh, modern commercialism and the avaricious ferocity of white-collar life. Um, this is a world that uses axioms and idioms and parables um, to justify deeply feral behavior and to perhaps even insinuate subtly uh, racism. Uh, also, the clever... Uh, concatenation of uh, one-liners and motifs in Gringo perfectly show how well crafted this film is on the level of screenplay. Um, it is almost too crafted though and that is one of my main gripes. Um, whereas a better film might have these qualities and yet feel a little more natural, this definitely uh, comes across as a screenplay and a script spent uh, that spent much time um, being um, revised and revised until it was just perfect. And it's so perfect and seamless at times that I feel it comes off false. Um, but as a comedy of intervening subplots with multiple narrative strains that converge in a dumbfounding uh, sense of um, epiphany, um, or a dumbfounding finale of epiphanies and uh, serendipitous ironies. Um, it kind of comes across as a mix between Tarantino and the Coen brothers. Constantly satirical um, and grotesque at a maximum level, Ringo showcases the cleverly devised um, plot of multiple agencies, uh, business CEOs, the DEA, Mexican cartel, young drunk, uh, young drug mules, uh, and Mexican hotel owners all intervol in involved and intertwined in this elaborate plot of misinterpretation 
um, in which motives and intentions are again and again misconstrued. Uh, nobody quite gets the truth and no one can get a grasp on reality in this nihilistic take on corporate corruption. Um, and with greed as a background and ambiguity as the foreground, the tightly constructed plot of Gringo is clearly destined for maximum irony and a macabre sense of misunderstanding. Uh, like I said, the one downside uh, to Gringo is just how it seems too finely tuned, and thus its zingers and parodic nature sometimes veers into caricature. Every character symbolizes a particular stereotype slash archetype. Charlie Cerrone plays the cunning seductress. Joel Egerton plays a brazen, merciless corporate head. Ayolowo plays the innocent, naive man who's fed up with being exploited and finally takes agency. Uh, Charlotte Copley, or Charlotte Copley, I'm sorry, uh, the brother humanitarian mercenary of Joel Egerton's character, um, plays the sort of rogue militaristic uh, unorthodox character that also has some sort of moral integrity that's actually stronger than those who seem morally upright. And Amanda Seyfried plays the angelic and pure, but also naively innocent voice of ethics. Um, in the film, we even have uh, cartel Kingpin, for example, who plays the prototypical role of a pop culture obsessed psychopath. We have a bunch of bumbling um, sort of lowbrow blue collar hotel workers who stumble into trouble. And we get all these caricatures and characters that we see time and again, but they are pretty well rounded um, for a film that isn't trying to be uh, supernaturalistic. Um, so as a grade A tutorial in the type of comedic nihilistic thrillers uh, that dominated the late 90s. Uh, Gringo is very witty and wickedly funny, but a slight bit stilted and somewhat rehashed and contrived. Nonetheless, Iowolo is hilarious in every scene. Um, he even sells lesser quality, like a scene where he has to scream in fear of a tiny needle. Um, and he sells this uh, at a level that I would say is worthy of award nominations. And... Uh, his comedic timing, his mannerisms, um, his presence on screen is just spot on. Um, and with even a set of endearing side characters, um, whether they're evil or innocent like Amanda Seyfried, who has also a very funny role where she intuitively thinks of things seconds before they happen, or she'll also say something like, um, things are going to get better and seconds later kidnappers show up and launch or catalyze the domino effect of problems. Um, and the uh, seductively evil Charlie Theron and Joel Egerton characters as well, um, Gringo uh, really wins on the acting front on all levels. Um, really mastering a quite basic premise of a man who is thrown into an imbroglio and then ends up feigning his own abduction to reap a ransom award. Um, this film uh, came out around the same time as Game Night and actually would make a great pairing because both films in some way, spoilers alert, um, deal with characters who have to fake their own uh, kidnapping. And uh, they are both quick paced, smart, and absurdly complicated um, to the point of a surrealistic humor. But whereas Game Night is quite uh, glib and smarmy in its trivial quotations to uh, cinematic references, 
Uh, Gringo feels like an homage um, and a quasi-anachronistic uh, pulp classic with biting satire. Um, so both films, though, I highly enjoyed for different reasons, um, yet both are slightly generic and not all-time greats. So with that said, I highly recommend Gringo for anyone looking for a funny, acerbic, nihilistic comedy that is uh, not groundbreaking, but will hit all the right spots if you're in that misanthropic mood. Uh, so I look forward to going over uh, another film soon and have a great day.